your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture With Stick Around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around The podcast that's more Marky Mark than Marky Smith Brought to you by Mystic Bites Probably not Teesside's worst takeaway <laughs> well, probably not <laughs> Mystic Bites So yeah. is it just like a mystery what's in them? I don't know, that's the name they've gone with so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Is it run by Mystic Meg? <laughs> I really hope so Yeah um, My tagline there was inspired by I was looking for music news, best music news of 2017 Apparently at one point uh, The BBC uh, In trying to celebrate Marky e. Smith's birthday Erroneously reported his death R.I.P. R.I.P. Marky Smith on his birthday. Wow, he, seems, that's he, he seems like the type, type quite of bloke. A mistake. Seems like the type of bloke who probably would have taken that quite well, but um, even still, that's Marky Smith of the Fall. If anyone doesn't know, um, where, where, where did you go to Mystic Bites, Michael? I didn't. I saw it in a, a picture. Oh right. <laughs> of of uh, of Eston. So. I feel like I've been there before, or I've heard of it before. <laughs> I mean, well, if I saw Mystic Bites, I'd be straight in there. I did some research. Apparently there's one at Norton as well. I don't know. I don't know if it's a franchise or a coincidence, but it, ah. seems, like it, it seems like a big coincidence if it is. I don't is. know if it's a franchise or a coincidence. That's I, the episode I think, title. I, I, think it's <laughs> one in, I think it's the one in Norton. More likely the one you'd have been to, yeah. Hmm. Right, you, well, we better let there are some. There are some good takeaway names near you, aren't there, Clive? There's some good fish takeaways, yeah. New cod on the block. <laughs> cod, Codrophenia. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's it. I'll There's pizzas are us, which I quite like. Yeah, simple, but effective. <laughs> I always think, what was abracadabra? Kababra, sorry. That was a classic. <laughs> <laughs> abracadabra. Yeah. Oh, Pretty sure that's in Sheffield as well. It might be. I've not heard of it. Not one of the big names. Anyway, uh, we're here for music. Uh, this is our quite late, as usual, uh, best of 2017. Uh, you've already heard them all, but I'm here with music experts Michael Johnson. Hello. Clive Fisher. Oh, hi, hi. And it's a bit of a running gag after I just kind of said it accidentally, but music and musicals expert James Cable. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, we haven't had you on the podcast in a while, Cable. What have you been up to? I, I don't know. Why has it been so long? I don't feel I like. Think it's just we've I feel done, like I've missed but, one. I think we've just did like a games, films, then another games or something. So yeah, I definitely but... missed one, but that was a while ago. I, I don't know. I guess we had Christmas and stuff, didn't we? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to start with you anyway. Um, so the format is slightly different to the other top five episodes we've been doing. With it being music, there's less chance of crossover, really. Uh, so first of all, uh, each of our music experts is going to run down their number five to number three. And then we're going to come back later uh, for the two and num- number two and number one. And hopefully we can come together in some kind of you know, collective top five. Um, I won't be contributing music to this. Uh, as nobody's surprised to hear, um, but you know, we'll we'll see if I can give you my two cents on this as well. We're going to start with James Cable. He's going to take us through his number five to number three. Okay, so uh, yeah, 20, 2017 was a good year. There are a lot of albums I could have could have put in this, and it at first I found it quite easy to pick my top five, and then the more I thought about, it, I was like, actually, that could be in there, that could be in there. Um, but I've gone for five, and I'm happy with them. Um, ultimately, I've gone for the ones which have which I've listened to the most. Um, I've enjoyed the most in the sense that, you know, I found them the easiest to listen to, the most uh, moving. Um, they give me they give me the most shivers. It's something I talk about quite a lot. So yeah, so I'm gonna the way I've done it is I've I've picked each album. And I've picked three sort of three words or phrases which just which I think describe them, and then I'm just going to talk about that. I'm going to run through it quite quickly. Um, so number five. Numero cinco. Sorry, my Spanish. What, is this something we do now? Well, I'm just throwing it in there. Okay. (laughs) Number five is um, (laughs) I, the Mighty, and uh, Where the Mind Wants to Go, slash Where You Let It Go. I, the Mighty, are... They're an American progressive rock band based in California. 
They're described as, as prog rock, but they uh, they blend their music with a multitude of different influences and genres. Uh, and this is what I find really different and exciting about them. So the first one I've gone for is nostalgic. So they've got this emo tinge sound, which reminds me a lot of the sort of emo-y, pop-punky bands, bands I used to listen to uh, as a teen- teenager. Bands like Taking Back Sunday, Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, Blink-182, stuff like that. And there's even these poppy moments, which um, bands such as uh, the Backstreet Boys spring to mind. Um, but these moments, all, all of these things are just, just a constant tinge to their, to their sound. It's enough to sort of be nostalgic and remind you of uh, these sounds and those times, but they've got their own sort of contemporary take on it, which I really like. The second word I've gone for is songcraft. So just simply, the way their songs are put together is really impeccable. The instrum- instrumentation is intricate. Everything just has its place, and it's just really well-made songs. Uh, and the third word is emotive. So they've got this raw, emotive songwriting, which is at the album's heart. They draw on classic, common, possibly overused themes, such as troubled relationships and self-doubt. Um, but the brutal honesty and emotion which they tell their version of these stories means that they avoid sounding cliché. Um, it's the kind of stuff that goes through my mind quite a lot, so maybe that's why I connect so, with it so well. But yeah, it's just this is an album which Kate, which I start listening to at the end of the year, really, probably November, December. Um, but yeah, it, it's gone high up my list and it's really, really good. Number four. Numero cuatro. <laughs> so I'm going to go with, which great, I think I suspect in other people's lists, uh, The War on Drugs, A Deeper Understanding. Brilliant album. I imagine it's on, I imagine it's a top album of a lot of lists this uh, for the last year. Um, the War on Drugs, an American indie rock band. The first word I've gone for is expectation. So it's exactly what I expected and what I wanted it to be. It's a continuation of their previous work, specifically the last album, the last album, Lost in a Dream. Uh, and in, in this case, it's not a bad thing that they've just done something similar. Um, second word I've gone for is sound. So they've got this powerful Spring, Springsteen-esque stadium heartland rock sound mixed with dreamy, shimmering, gleams of indie pop shoegaze lots of reverb and guitar solos and they do it just so perfectly uh, meticulously and ambitiously um the third i've gone for is easy so i think the thing i love most about the war on drugs and this album more than any other others is it's just a joy to listen to the songs are perfectly layered luscious the full sounding warm uplifting i find it really easy to listen to i think the term easy lift easy listening listening can often mean or often get people to think oh it's just simple boring background music um and while this will be perfect background music it really isn't just background music it's far from boring it's really that's really intricate it's really just amazing to listen to it's almost like you're transported into this twinkly world and yeah so that's my number four uh number three numero tres is uh bicep uh, and their debut album bicep i've talked about this before bicep electronic music duo from ireland and they started off 10 years ago running a blog, which they turned into a record label. And they produced their own music and developed, developed their own sound, which spans genres such as house, techno, disco and jungle. It's their first debut, it's their debut uh, full-length album. It's been described as a contemporary fusion of 90s prog house, breakbeat, trance and garage. And the first word I've gone for is moments. So a lot of the time when I talk about dance music, I often mention how songs build tension to these moments. Um, can be a drop or some kind of release of release of the tension. Um, it's something that, that Bicep do really, really well, specific, specifically on this album. Uh, I just wanted to mention that I saw them live this last year. Um, they basically played this album along with some of their other best songs, um, not in the same order as the album, but they mixed together the songs, they performed it, and it was just really, really mesmerising. It was mixed together differently to the album, it was heavier, they teased the audience with parts of the album, they sort of... And they brought it together all really differently. And when it finally came, you know, when you finally got these moments, it was just incredible. Um, the second one I've gone for is relevance. So they draw on all these different influences, harking back to dance music of decades gone past. Um, they utilise musical tropes that have gone out of favour and might now con- might now be considered outdated and a bit tacky. But the way they put these unfashionable sounds together with precision makes it feel contemporary, makes it nostalgic, but makes it exciting and also relevant. Um, the third word I've gone for is just simply song. Um, I don't want to tr- detract from the brilliance of the album as a whole by talking about one song, but um, this album provided me with my song of the summer and probably my song of the year, uh, Glue, which I've just listened to so many times and every time it just really gets me. 
Um, and yeah, so that as a whole is why that album is my number three. So that's it, isn't it? Five to three. Excellent. Yeah, correct. Um, have any of our other contributors heard any of the albums that James Cable has just mentioned? I've heard either Mighty Yep, it came about, I can't remember off the top of my head, maybe 30th on my list, I liked it. Yeah, it was good, but I think it probably just didn't resonate with me as much as it did with Cable, but I did like a lot of the stuff it did, and it definitely had a very nostalgic feel, which was cool. Um, the War on Drugs will be appearing on my list, spoiler, so I'll talk about it then. <laughs> I've not heard Bicep. You've heard some of it. Well, I've heard bits, it, in, which I've enjoyed, album. but I've not listened to the whole album, yeah. Michael, have you, are yeah. you familiar with any of those three? One of them, which is on my list, so we'll get to ah, that. <laughs> right, okay. Keep the tension, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Keep them right, wanting well, it's more. Good to see that we're gonna, it's good that we're going to have a little bit of crossover, at least. Okay, um, well, you know what? We'll stick with you, Michael. Um, okay. Sticking in Eagle's Cliff. <laughs> Michael Johnson. Thank you for that. Um, that was your best noise yet. Well done. <laughs> Uh, at, uh, at five, I've got uh, Peasant by Richard Dawson, which was an album I did talk about on the podcast before. Uh, Richard Dawson, Newcastle upon Tyne songwriter. Um, it's a folk album. Um, people will probably find similarities to the uh, the freak folk movement from the uh, from the noughties. Uh, it's uh, full of uh, quirky guitar riffs, uh, very literary quality to the lyrics, which. Uh, a set in um, a medieval kingdom between uh, Durham and Northumberland. Um, but I think, even despite that um, that sort of setting, it's it's really dealing with um, with contemporary issues, not least the relationship between the English and their land in this era of Brexit. Uh, and it's it, it is a, undoubtedly a very oddball, unusual album, but I think it's um, I think it's a highly listenable one. One of my f- um, the the best folk records I've heard in the last few years. Uh, so that's why I've, I've got it as high, ranked as highly as five. Uh, number four is the one that I was referring to that's on my list. It is uh, A Deeper Understanding by The War on Drugs. Um, exactly, sounds exactly how uh, Cable described it. You know, Very much something that Springsteen um, would have sung on in the 1980s, Heartland rock style. Um, but arguably tightened up even more than that. You know, It has a very watertight sound to it. Very precise um, drum work, uh, warbling guitar lines. To me, the one drugs hail from um, Philadelphia, which is uh, d- to me this this sound reminds me of Philadelphia now purely because of uh, because of that band. I think it really evokes it. Um, it's it, these this, the ten songs on the album are absolutely towering uh, to an even greater extent than um, the songs on uh, the previous album, Lost in the Dream. And I th- I'd, I wouldn't have thought this was possible, but um, it's even, uh, it's, it, I even possibly rank, rank this higher than that one, and I love that album as well. So yeah, uh, love songs from the land that developed, uh, that uh, gave us Trump, uh, delivered Trump, sorry. Um, wow. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I think it's got that, you know, just like uh, Springsteen's um, stuff was salt, salt of the Earth, sort of, that that rust belt area of America, I think that's why it really um, evokes. And this in uh, this isn't lyrically the same. You know, the lyrics are um, you know they dissolve on contact with air. They're very vague. Um, they're often repeated across the uh, the space of the album. Um, but it's it's that sort of it's it's exactly the same sort of vibe um, in terms of sound. Uh, I think the the centerpiece of the album, thinking of a place, is a truly becalming epic. Um, it really moves very slowly through various sections, never reaches a blistering um, sort of climax like um, An Ocean Between the Waves, which I think was the central track from the previous album, really, uh, did. Uh, but the, but every, so- every song has a payoff in its own way. Um, they all build, build up to something or move through um, various equally massive sections. Um, and it's definitely one of the albums I listen to most this year. So that's why I've got it um, ranked as highly as uh, as number four, and then at three I've got the self-titled album by uh, the Venezuelan London-based electronic producer Arca, who I've certainly mentioned on the podcast a few times before. This was one of the the great musical twists of the year, I would say. Um, for the first time, he used his voice on the record, and um, the tracks where he does so are absolutely haunting. Uh, it's um, really quite incredible to listen to and uh, one of the biggest but uh, most uh, satisfying artistic risks I'd say in music this year 
Um, Every time he sings, it reminds me nothing less of the. Uh, it reminds me of nothing less than the Silencio scene from uh, Mulholland Drive, which, for my money, is one of the best scenes in movie history. Um, Unsettling, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's really what this gets to. That th this gets to the core of the same sort of feeling. Um, the I would say the album his, his work's always been jarring. Um, it sounded like the audio equivalent of glass breaking a lot of the time. And this, I think, as well as that, it even goes even further. It has a quite an apocalyptic sound in places, which contrasts um, quite quite sharply with his work on Bjork's album from this year, Utopia, which is uh, packed with um, hammering beats, but um, largely centred around flute sounds and birdsong. So really showing his diversity as a producer, um, and I absolutely adored this uh, self-titled album from him. His best album yet so far, I think. Fantastic. Um, right, so I'll revert the question to you two now. Are you familiar, well, aside from the war on drugs, of course, are you familiar <laughs> with uh, the albums that Michael's mentioned? Uh, I've wanted to listen to Richard Dawson Peasant all year, but I just haven't really got around to it. Same for Arca, but I've not listened to them, no. Unfortunately, I really wanted to. And Michael's certainly done a good job of selling them there, so hopefully I'll get around to them this year. Yeah, same for me, really. I remember Michael talking about them before, uh, but yeah, I've not had a chance, but I should get down to it. Yeah, I'm pretty cool. sure you'd um, you'd enjoy Peasant Clive. Pretty sure. So. Yeah, I think I would. That's why I've <laughs> been near the top. I just need to get around to it. Yeah, cool. Right, okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll go back to Sheffield now. Clive. Clive, was there a reason why you didn't do the numbers for Michael? <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt him, you know, whereas I don't care about interrupting okay. you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a James Cable exclusive, that. You only get that with James Cable. <laughs> no, it's because I'm, I'm sat next to Cable, so it's easier to uh, signal that I was about to do it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm more than happy to uh, do it for anyone who, who fancies it. Um, do you want that, me to do it for you? Yeah, go for it. Right. Maybe throw in another language. Uh, I don't know any other languages. <laughs> um, hang on, hang on. Let me just get... Hang on, one sec. You, right, I'll uh, just do my pre, pre, preamble. Okay. And you can uh, look up the numbers five to three in French. Um, <laughs> so, my top five, um, my top ten is just a shameless plug here, available for you to read at your, at your leisure on the uh, Stickaround website, stickaroundpodcast.com slash articles. It's on there. Um, so, I'm going to do this kind of, I'm going to kind of wing this because otherwise I'll just end up saying the stuff that's already on that website if I just read that out, which will be a bit shit. So, I'll just. Uh, <laughs> Got off the top of my head here. Um, number five, I've got Emperor Go! X. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. by the way. Oh. oh. <laughs> what was that? Go. Go. Okay, I thought you were just telling me to go. Um, <laughs> Emperor X, Oversleepers International, probably my favourite named album of the year. Yeah. This is a kind of raw-sounding, pop-punky, uh, slightly folky, stripped-down album from Emperor X, who's a uh, partially blind person that I actually saw supporting Hoteliers yeah, a while ago, um, and he was really, really good, and I just hadn't really listened to any music of his, and then someone uh, showed me this album, which I didn't realise was by, I hadn't put two and two together that they were the same person, <laughs> until quite a lot, of, until I'd listened to it quite a lot. Um, it's fantastic, full of really sort of catchy melodies, um, he's got a way of doing you know, really melodic verses as well as choruses. Um, he's got a great ability to go from just uh, sort of gentle singing into shouting. Um, really passionate. I really love his lyrics. He mentions quite a lot of stuff that I don't really understand, but I always quite, quite kind of like that in lyrics. <laughs> uh, makes lots of w interesting references that I've kind of looked into and uh, has led me down some I think there's one about Brexit in there. Um, I don't know. Because he lives in Europe. Uh, I seem to remember. Sorry. There's definitely stuff about Europe because he's been travelling around Europe, I think, and there's a lot of um, stuff in there, lots of political stuff. Um, it's really interesting, really, really good lyric, lyrical album as well as melodically. And uh, so that's uh, been one of my highlights of the year, probably one of my most listened to. My most listened is probably the next one on the list, which is The War on Drugs, uh, A Deeper Understanding, which we've all got at number four, which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what else to add, really. It just sounds massive. It's like Michael, I really like the last album, but I like this one quite a lot more. I think it probably doesn't quite have the highlights that the last one did, but I feel like it's more consistent throughout and um, it just kind of better justifies its running length, I think. Um, 
but I've, it's amazing. It's really brings back nostalgia because my dad used to listen to a lot of this kind of big sounding uh, 80s kind of stuff uh, <laughs> back when I was growing up. So it, it brings back memories of that. And I just think his voice kind of seamlessly fits in with the sound so well. And um, I think Michael described the lyrics better than anyone possibly could have, how they sort of just dissolve on contact with air, which is kind of what... But that's kind of in a good way. Yeah. Um, you don't feel the need to kind of delve into them. It's just happening <laughs> and you're uh, mm. totally into it. And uh, some of the like solos and guitar work and all that stuff is just brilliant and just so massive sounding. And just when you think the best bit's gone, something else comes in and you're like, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> and all the songs are like six and a half, seven minutes long and it works, which for me isn't usually the case if a song is that long. I think it's dragged on, but I think it just they are just these epic pieces of music. It's a really, really special album. So, like I said, that has been the most played, probably because, and at the point it's been made, that it does really work. It works fantastically as background music, as well as just uh, attentive listening. So that's probably why I've listened to it the most, because it is the kind of thing you can put on when someone comes around or whatever. And it's, you know, it's going to be a pleasant experience, unlike maybe some of the other stuff on my list. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, that's, that, I think that's why, I think it's top of my listening as well, and I think that's probably why, because it's yeah. just... It's just an easy, it's like the kind of thing you can put on in any mood, I've found. Yeah. It always seems to fit it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, really, really good album. And number three for me is uh, the, po- the polar opposite in that front, uh, Mount Erie, A Crow Looked At Me, which is totally not easy listening, in fact... You pretty much want to die having listened to it. Um, but <laughs> it's about the death of Mount Erie's uh, wife from cancer. Um, and it just, he wrote it like, I think about a month after the, her death and recorded most of it in the bedroom where she died. And it's just this kind of very spur of the moment, um, spontaneous sort of outpouring of grief, really, to music. Uh, he's not really got any sort of melodies to the songs as such he's just coming he is singing it melodically but it's almost more like a musical where he's singing what he's saying into a melody as he as it kind of think comes into his head if you know what i mean um but it's completely heartbreaking i mean listen to the first track real death and you get you get an idea of the kind of thing that uh, my cat's just decided to sit on my computer so if something dies that's why um (laughs) she's also um so yeah it's a really it's put me off now um it's just completely heartbreaking. Like I think I've listened to it twice this year, uh, so it's probably my least listened album on this list, but both of the times it's just had such a massive effect and it just completely makes you feel those feelings that you probably would if someone so close to you had died. And I think it's the way it does that is, is fantastic and it's a really, really great piece of art and I think it uh, is a, a good sort of um, argument for something being good doesn't mean you end up listening to it a lot you know something that you if you listen to something the most doesn't mean it's the best <laughs> sometimes the things you listen to less uh, affect you more but the, when you do listen to them they're just really really intense like i could never put this on you know just generally because it's i need to be in the mood for it but it's a fantastic fantastic album and yeah my favorite folk album of the year really really good mount airy a crow looks at me that's my number three right I, mean, I didn't i didn't shout out i didn't shout out four or three Oh. Do, you do, oh, do you want to do it now? Shit. I'll do it now, yeah. Go on, um, my on. cat's just typing shit on our notes, have you noticed that? Um, so, I haven't, no. <laughs> just gonna... Young! <laughs> what was Sam! that? Sam! <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm being attacked. <laughs> Did your cat type your name as Sea Dog? Um, no, that, that was actually me. My cat typed CCCC about 800 times, which you know could be cryptic for something, I don't know. Right. Maybe cats know something we don't. <laughs> <laughs> right, so at this point, I mean, uh, first of all, Michael, have you heard um, the other two albums mentioned there that you hadn't mentioned? Uh, uh, no, um, but the Mount Erie album was definitely one of the most acclaimed of last year. I was kind of waiting to see if it came out on CD, which, if, if it has done, it doesn't seem to be easily obtainable. Has it not it, come out? I didn't realise that. It doesn't seem to be obtainable in the UK for less than 40 quid, if it, so. That's uh, weird. Yeah. I do want to hear it, though, at some point, definitely, yeah. That'll scupper my plans of buying my top five on CD. Um, <laughs> I'm not paying forty quid for it. <laughs> Cable, have you have you listened to the same albums? I've heard, yeah. I I love that Emperor X album, and I saw him live with you when Clive saw him. Um, I'm a big fan yeah, of the name of that really, album, really actually. Big for Oversleepers International, brilliant, Charism- yeah. charismatic performer as well. Yeah, he's really, really good. good. Um, that album's really good. Um, it's definitely on my longer list. Cool. Um, I haven't. I, I remember you talking about Mount Airy to me once before, and, I, and what it was I think about. I, but I don't think it on I the podcast. To it. Yeah, it's, no, yeah, you mentioned it to me once. It's before. heavy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but 
But I think it's interesting what you said about sometimes the albums you love the most you don't necessarily listen to the most, because that's definitely the case with me. There are some albums where I listen to them lots and lots and they are incredible, but then sometimes it's just you have to be in a certain mood for them. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's like that with loads of art forms. I mean, um, for instance, I always think of, when I think about a film that I thought was brilliant but never want to see again, Requiem for a Dream. That's a yeah, brilliant totally. film, but it's so awful in <laughs> you know, never again, please. Um, <laughs> yes, I'll never forget when we brilliant. first watched that. Yeah. In that, uh, in your, uh, was it your halls of residence? It was, but yeah. Like, in the upstairs bit where there was no one. I don't know how <laughs> so it's weird. possible to call that film your favourite of all time. It's brilliant, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay, so we're going to jump on to, uh, we're going to do this a little bit with a bit more tension now. So we're going to jump into our number twos and number ones, and then we're going to try and come to a consensus. Um, so we're starting again with James Cable. What is your number two, please? So we'll, um, the, these top two will kind of automatically go into our nominations. And oh, we'll, yeah, sorry, uh, I should have mentioned them. that, yeah. And then any, anything else which happens to appear on, uh, I'm going to, you know, looking at War on Drugs <laughs> is going to be in there, obviously. Anything that appears on more than one of our lists we'll throw in there as well. And then if anyone else thinks something, you know, is, oh, well, that was my number six. Um, so, yeah. etc. So let's see how it goes. Cable. So am I doing two and one straight yeah. to each other? Yeah, go right. for it. Okay. Numero right. dos. I think. Okay, my number two. Actually, my number two and my number one. I wanted to talk about both of these last time. The time that I couldn't make it for the pod. So and they're my number two and my number one. So. Oh, cool. Um, so number two is Enter Shikari, The Spark. Um, I've talked about Enter Shikari before. Um, they're a British rock. Post hardcore electronic group. Um, I definitely mentioned their first album, which came out 10 years ago in 2007. Um, it was something I used to belt out in my room at uni, really loud, pissing off my housemates. <laughs> and I just loved it. It was just really fun and really loud and just, yeah, just just a lot of fun, yeah. And yeah, so the three, the, I'm going to do the three words thing again. So the first word I've come up with for Enchikari is evolution. So with every album, they've changed. They don't just stand still. They've always tried new things and shot off into different directions while constantly remaining, you know, keeping their sound, their sort of core sound. The constantly shifting sound is something I find interesting and it, mean, it makes it so, it means it's always engaging, it's always something different and this album is just beautiful. In my opinion, it's hands down their best album since their debut and it might even eclipse it. My second word is uplifting. So I find this album just really uplifting, which it, it just takes me away and by the end I'm feeling good, which is quite, quite interesting and quite a contrast seeing as some of the songs or a lot most of the songs are about subjects um, which aren't possibly uplifting such as global warming corporate greed and there's even a song about brexit on there called take my country back which has the lyric now look what we've done to ourselves we've really gone fucked it this time <laughs> <laughs> but i think despite despite these heavy subjects which are not always uplifting there's always this overarching optimism that they'll, that will be all right in the end which i find quite soothing and quite I, I just like that way of looking at the world. Like, there's all these terrible things going on, but you know, in the end, it is a beautiful world, and we'll be okay. Um, and I think that album does that really well. And my final, my third word is surprising. So I wasn't expecting to like this album so much. Um, I've always liked them as a band, and as I said, their first album was a knockout, sort of slap in the face, full of fun for me, and it was clearly a highlight of that year. Um, since then, I've always appreciated their music, but they've never quite met that sort of love they had for the first album but with this album it's definitely done that um i listened to it a lot a lot while i was studying last year for my chartership and yeah it was just yeah i really, really love it so that was my number two um number one numero uno um so i've gone with wolf alice visions of a life um so wolf alice they're a four piece from north london um visions of a life is their second full-length album uh, the first word I've gone for is coolness. So this band ooze just a formidable cool. And formidable cool, cool is actually the title of one of the songs on this album. Um, <laughs> everything about this band is just so, so cool. and I, But not in like a cunty way. Because I feel like some bands, try, they try to be cool or they think they're cool or they're just putting on this image of coolness. And that's fine, but sometimes it just feels false or a bit forced. Whereas all Alice, they just are cool and everything they have everything... To back that up, um, they're just they're just incredibly musical, and their songs are brilliant. And yeah, uh, the second word I've gone for is variety. So 
much like their debut album, which was My Love Is Cool, their sound is very varied. So they've got sort of electronic folk, hypnotic, psychedelic rock, and from all out to really heavy rock. And then they've got really quiet moments. So they've, but on this album, they've absolutely blown it up more than their first album. They're loud, they're quiet, they're angry, they're vulnerable. They're just everything. And that's what I found so interesting about them. Like one minute they'll be singing like the spoken word quiet moment and then they'll, by the end of the song, they'll just be rocking out really excessively loud. And I just, I just love that. Um, they've got this complete sound which encompasses so much. And the third word I've gone for is improved. So when I first listened to this album, I thought it was good, but I didn't know if I liked it more than their first. But oh my God, um, like their first, it grew on me and it still is growing. Uh, they're constantly impressing me. Um, the variety and vastness of their abilities has grown since their solid, uh, to the, since the solid bass that they set out on their early EPs and album. The intricacy of the guitars, the bass in particular, um, the beautiful, sometimes sleazy guitar riffs, the pure emotive versatility of Ellie, the lead singer's voice. Uh, they've got glittering, swirling melodies, and the songs just take you on a journey. Um, I saw these live last year, and they're definitely the best live rock band I've seen for a long while. Um, not only were they so tight, slick, formidably cool, but they had this incredible light show and smoke show, which I'm sure they had a lot to do with, and it just added to this like incredible experience. It was just really, really perfect. Um, the lead singer, Ellie, she said earlier this year about the making of the album, if we had an inkling of an idea, even if it seemed a bit silly, we'd try it out and see what happened. And that's a mantra which just sums them up and which I love about them. Um, I've heard several people describe them as the best brand in Britain at the moment, and I absolutely 100% agree. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Passionate. Excellent. Very passionate, very articulate. Would you say, James Cable, that um, Wolf Alice and their, you know, obviously outstanding music reminds you somewhat of We Like to Party, brackets, The Venger Bus by The Venger Boys? <laughs> um, I, why have you, why, I don't understand, but why? Uh, ne- neither do I. <laughs> I thought this was going to be some strange segue. Yeah, so did I. Like, I've never made that connection, I'm going to have to say. Although I do love that song. I'm a big fan of songs that have brackets in the title. I'll, yeah, I love the attention to detail, Alex, there. with the <laughs> Because um, it's just, you know, it's like that we've got the name of this song, but I know that's not in the chorus, so I've got to get the chorus in there, otherwise people might get confused. Um, which is, you know, a concept I enjoy. <laughs> You really know your market there. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Michael, Michael, are you a fan of... Well, I know you're a fan of Enter Shikari, or at least you were. Have you heard this latest release? I haven't, no. I've got their first three albums. I haven't heard the latest two, I think. I think this is the second of two they've released since then. So, yeah, I think it's good to have two um, two guitar bands there at the top, though. Even though I haven't heard either album, there's been a lot of talk about guitar music being dead lately, um, which... Uh, as you'll see, you know, I can't defend from the two I've selected for my top two, but uh, but yeah, it's nice to see that. I definitely that. think it's coming back. Well, not that it ever went away, but I think it's there's a lot of good guitar bands around at the moment, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's exciting. But you heard, yeah, but gotta be, gotta love a guitar. Have you heard much of Wolf Alice, Michael? No, I've never actually heard them, but they seem to be they seem to be gathering pace. I would say a lot of interest in them. Mm. Mm. Clive, are you a fan of Enter Shikari or Wolf Alice? Um, I've actually listened to the Spark Band Shikari, yeah, and I, I like it. It's a good album. It probably came between my ten and number twenty and number ten or something, off the top of my head. But yeah, I really like it. It's got, uh, it, I think, all the things that Cable said about it are true. It's got lots of uh, political lyrics, but it's not overbearing, and it is quite positive. It's a very um, uplifting album actually to listen to, despite the some of the lyrical content. It's one that you, yeah, if I if I was still going to the gym, it's probably one I'd put on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, to get to get me pumped up. Yeah, there's some good stuff in there, and I like the. Um, I forgot what the song is called. There's one in the middle which really builds up. Airfield. Airfield. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my yeah. second favorite song of the year. I to think a, to a kind of mantra at the end where it's just repeat the same thing over and over again. Yeah. But it's really good. Yeah. So I've not Wolf Alice is. I've heard like a song which I've enjoyed, but I haven't listened to a whole album. I really need to though, and with it being Cable's number one, it'll go near the top of my list to in sort of my January catch up. <laughs> Before stuff starts coming out this year, I feel like not much has come out this year. So no, not yet. <laughs> okay, let's move back to Eagles Cliff. <laughs> 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 any excuse to do that? Yeah, any excuse. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, so here comes the hip hop. Whoop. Um, uh, so number two. 
At number two, uh, nobody who heard our last regular music podcast will be surprised to hear I've got Culture by the American hip hop trio Migos. Um, the, these guys are black superheroes to me. I've mentioned how uh, how you know how magnetic, charismatic they are on a track. Um, more diverse, I think, than they've been um, given credit for. Uh, they they were um, you know they were the cause of a lot of interest in the fact that they brought up the um, sort of the triple floor, the trebled up floor, the style of rapping that they became known for and that appears a lot on this album. But there's more to it than that. Um, not just this album, but the tracks around it. They've proven that they can um, they can all um, hold a variety of different floors, um, which I think is um, is important because. A lot of the biggest hip-hop artists out now are criticised a lot for not being able to hold their own uh, lyrically. Not saying these guys would stand up to anyone from the golden ages of uh, hip-hop back in the 80s and 90s, but you know, I still think they're worth, uh, they're worth praising for that. Uh, it's just an entertaining album, totally different to my, um, my number one in terms of uh, why I find it so engaging. Migos come out of Atlanta, uh, which has been at the um, the epicenter of um, hip hop and trap music this decade, you know, over in America, and um, you know they assemble um, a high stand, a high uh, roll call of beats on this album uh, that keep the album uh, interesting, and it, it's powered largely by um, two tracks that um, aren't so much ear worms as ear snakes, I would say. Um, the the massive hit Bad and Bougie, and uh, also the uh, equally addictive T-shirt. So I mean, there's not there's not a lot to say at length about this album. Uh, I mentioned on the the podcast before uh, the cultural uh, heft that Migos have had as well. Uh, if not the band that created the dab, then certainly the band that um, that popularised it. And uh, obviously, there's a lot of um, you know interest in them uh, beyond the purely musical now in in America. Um, they're one of the biggest acts out, and I think fully deserved with this album, which I absolutely loved, and was my most played album of the year. Um, the follow-up, Culture 2, comes out next Friday, so I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, and um, so that's why I've got it at number two. Uh, and then at number one is an album which, um, you know, is no less entertaining, but is um, much more substantial, if you like, uh, in terms of hip-hop. Again, nobody will be shocked to see that I've got Kendrick Lamar's Damn, at number one, um, Lamar has been the zeitgeist artist for um, you know the American decade. I would say uh, he's, he's uh, the three studio albums that he's released in that time have all been uh, ten out of ten albums to me. Uh, when I first heard this one and first talked about it on the podcast, it was pretty new. I was still sort of feeling my way around it. It still felt like an instant classic, which I'm prepared to call it. I couldn't quite put my finger on exactly what was going on with it. This is totally different to to Pimp a Butterfly, uh, Kendrick Lamar's previous album, which I think is probably my favourite album of the decade at the moment. Uh, this one is far more paranoid. Uh, it's obsessed with mortality, deals with the um, you know, the consequences of fame, who exactly around you is loyal in that sort of circumstance, uh, whether it's possible to maintain a real loving relationship um, in that sort of circumstance. These are the sort of themes that are going on. And um, to me, as time's gone, I've listened to the album a lot. Uh, to me, I think the album, the central theme of the album, I haven't really seen it, said it's seen anywhere, but I, I think the central, central theme of the album is um, Kendrick Lamar worrying about his own assassination, uh, I mean, which we, we do essentially hear on the, uh, on the album. Um, and pe- this might sound corny or cheesy, but I, th- I, thought it was, um, I thought it really lent this album a special meaning to me. Shortly after the album's uh, release, I actually had a dream that Kendrick Lamar was assassinated. And um, yeah, and I think how, it was, how, how did it happen? Uh, I think he was shot. Nothing, nothing that interesting. But um, right, from what I recall. But what I do recall is it was one of the most um, you know emotionally devastating dreams I've had. Quite honestly, uh, I remember waking up from that feeling like that. Um, and it was you know it was another black spot on the decline of America in that um, in that dream. And I just think um, that sort of lends the album a certain power to me. Um, just that happening it. Besides anything musical, um, I think it showed and it showed me how much um, Kendrick Lamar's an artist and this album mean to me. Um, so this this was another one of my most played albums of the year. Definitely my favourite. I know um, DNA was probably the most popular track from it. Um, that was widely loved, 
the lead single, Humble, um, was uh, one of my favourites from it, definitely huge. But the album's packed with uh, with really interesting tracks. And any time you manage to make a U2 guest spot sound natural on a hip-hop album, you've done something right. So yeah, uh, the t tracks like Love and God are some of the most um, emotionally effective tracks he's ever recorded, I would say. And uh, the album was released in a special edition not too long ago, which uh, reverses the track list. It had been a long-standing rumour since the album was released that the tr album could be played backwards uh, and have and you know just be be just as effective in terms of sequencing, which was basically confirmed by that special release. So it's an interest interestingly structured album as well. Um, so in in its own way, it's um, it's just as interesting, just as much to dissect as his previous albums. Maybe his most accessible so far. Um, but I would say it keeps the streak going. Um, there's there's no one I would anticipate an album from more uh, next time he's due to release something. Uh, probably overtaking Kanye for me in that respect. So uh, absolutely no doubt for me that it's my favourite of the year. Fantastic. Excellent. Yeah, this is uh, so far the only album I've listened to on the list. I was a big fan as well. Um, I think I think before I'd even listened to it, you mentioned... Um, how good a track DNA was! Oh, I think it was Clive actually. He couldn't stop yeah. listening to it. Yeah, yeah Clive, did a rap. Clive did a version of that for the podcast. He did. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Some would say a better version. <laughs> uh, I mean, some people might. But, you some know. those people would just be me. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah well, fantastic, um, fantastic. I'm, I'm thi well. I know Clive's listened to it. Cable. I presume you've listened to Dam as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's on my longer list again. Oh, it's, so it's yeah, going to come really in. Good. Uh, Possibly. Uh, has anybody else listened to Mikos? I, I've, I've listened to it once through and I really, really enjoyed it, um, but I need to listen to it more. But I, I feel like it's the type of album that would have got pretty close to my list if, I'd li if I've listened to it more. <laughs> I listened to it the first time like a couple of days ago and really liked it. It's definitely my kind of thing. Great. I, I really enjoyed it, so... Looking forward to getting into that one more deeply. With um, Dam, I never fully got into it. It ended up, I tried quite a few times, but... You ended up just listening to that song on repeat, I ended up you? just listening to... <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was let down by the fact it had one song that I fucking loved that much on it, which meant that I found it hard <laughs> to pay attention to the rest of the album. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I got... It was kind of an up and down. Like, I like... It's similar to my past experiences with Lamar, where I don't like the more slow stuff. Um, I don't know why I just can't seem to get into it. Whereas when he when he when he builds up some tempo, I absolutely love it. Um, and this one had quite a few more slower ones in there, which didn't do a lot for me. But I still really liked it. You know, it was probably in the top quarter of my whatever eight yard or something that I've listened to. Who knows? Hmm. So yeah, excellent. Michael, you mentioned that uh, you're a big fan of Migos as lyricist. Is that correct? Well, I mean, well, my and in terms of um, in terms of uh, Flow and delivery, I would say. Um, I I do really like listening listening to them because lyrically, you know, there's no there's not a lot of substance there. Uh, they're they're uh, you know it's it's your, your typical sort of stuff that people criticise modern hip hop for in terms of topics. But I still find the way they deliver that entertaining. You know the metaphors and um, the one thing I didn't mention, of course, but I did talk about at length on the podcast was the texture of the way they rap by adding ad libs to the end of. Um, Sentences, uh, uh, lines of their verses. So the way that um, one member will be rapping and the others will make ad libs. I mean, I just I think it would be fascinating to see them at work in the studio to see how they write these songs. And sometimes they add, you know, sometimes they're humorous. They added a whole extra element to uh, to the track. I don't think there's a more entertaining group out in hip hop at the moment. Uh, it's, it's for exactly reasons like that. So yeah, I feel like I need to listen to this album. I've not. I feel like 2017. I didn't really listen to that much hip hop. Yeah. Compared to the other years, because in fact this is the first year I have not had a hip hop album in my top five. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why really, but maybe I need to revisit. So, did you listen to um, Michael? I my favourite hip hop album of the year was uh, Saturation Two by Brockhampton. Did you? No, I've never listened to them. Um, I've never listened oh, okay. to them, and uh, they, I know that I don't know the full story about, about it, but I know that some of them. Um, at least some of them, because there's a lot of them, isn't there? They're quite a large collective. Mm -hmm. uh, at least some of them were um, met or um, sort of coalesced uh, on a Kanye West site that I used to uh, I used to moderate on. So just an interesting side note. <laughs> yeah. 
Would you say the lyricism and flow of Migos is somewhat comparable to the official 2002 England football team song from the FIFA World Cup, <laughs> We're on the Ball by PJ and Duncan? <laughs> I'd say it's, uh, yeah, more or less on par, yeah. Right, okay. Just just trying to put it in some context for the listeners. Um, <laughs> You've been listening to some interesting well, shit lately, haven't you? <laughs> what a playlist. <laughs> we'll mention We're it on, on the Twitter. Um, anyway, let's move back to Sheffield. Clive, give us your number two and number one, please. Um, Cable, have you got any Japanese ready? So we do it properly this time. Wait, hang on. Let me just check I've got the right number. Oh, this guy. <laughs> I think I've got it. I just don't want to get it wrong. Right, I'm ready. I'm getting ready. Go. Okay, go. Number two. My number two is... Knee! <laughs> <laughs> the way... You- what will have been last there on listeners is the fantastic face cable just pulled while making that noise. Um, <laughs> right, my number I, I hope t- no one thinks I'm taking the piss out of the Japanese because I actually. Well, I'm not. We know you basically. love the Japanese. <laughs> Nearly as. Yeah, you do. It's all you ever talk about, Japanese. Um, number two is Igloo Ghost um, with an album called Neo Wax Bloom, which is mental. Uh, in all the best possible ways. It's an electronic album, but like an electronic album unlike any others I've heard. You know, usually electronic albums kind of build to something. Uh, you know, there's some dips and it's up a, you know, fit those sort of standard structures. They repeat sections and build, throw little things in as it builds up. Um, Igloo Ghost throws all that out the window and just, you don't know what the hell's going to happen next. Um, <laughs> it's just, none of it ever repeats. It's just completely, he seems to have meticulously crafted crafted every bar to throw something new in there and you just don't really know where it's going and I just love the fact that I've listened to this this is probably one of my most albums most listened to albums of the year and I still don't really know what's happening when I listen to it um, but every bit of it is still really accessible it's not one of those where you're listening to it and you're like uh, oh my god there's you know I don't really I'm not getting into this every bit of it I'm getting into it and it is just completely manic but it's like the only album all year that's man- that I could put on and my brain just shuts the fuck up um, because it's, I don't know, I guess my brain's overwhelmed by the fact that there's nothing repeating and <laughs> it's trying to figure out what's coming next. Um, and I love that about it. It's just completely absorbed me every time I've listened to it and it's an, an electronic album unlike any that I've heard before and I absolutely fell in love with it pretty much as soon as I put it on and it is one of my most listened to albums of the year. I think it's fantastic. I don't think it's got anywhere near enough press. Um, I think it's brilliant and more people should listen to it it's really good i know uh, michael mentioned that someone had recommended this to him which is good to hear because i i think i heard of it because of uh, rate your music i think it was quite high on their list oh was it yeah uh, like mm-hmm. like the collated sort of you know ratings uh, and i was like ah oh, it had an interesting cover that looked like something that i might like <laughs> a slightly wacky cover and that's, i was like sometimes yeah, that's all it, it takes isn't it sometimes the cover pulls yeah and, and and the name of the i was just like igloo ghost yeah. what the hell <laughs> you play this to me clive uh, I've probably had it on at some there was, point. There, I don't know if it was this, but there was there was one electronic thing you played to me, and it was mental. And I was just like, because I normally like things like that. And I was just like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> I don't know if it, it was this. It, it probably will have been but... that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. That's Igloo Ghost Neo Wax Blue. Um, my number one is, and I've talked about this at length on the pod. I don't know, probably couple of months ago is Elder with their album Reflections of a Floating World which is a sort of post-rock no sorry prog rock uh, magnum opus it's just an hour long six songs they're all ten minutes long they build and just massive sounding there's pulverizing drums uh, just like one amazing guitar riff after another and there is some singing but it's kind of held in the background um, but it does add a little a a nice dynamic when it does come in Um, and it's just the best sort of heavy rock album I've heard for a long, long time. It's absolutely fantastic. It just builds and builds and builds, but you keep thinking, oh, this will... Right, it's going to bring it back down from here, and then something else will come in, and it'll, or some new riff will come in, and you're just like, oh, this is even more amazing than the last. Uh, and it's just that just keeps happening throughout, and I just absolutely love it, listening to this album. This is the one album this year where I just struggle to turn it off, and I'll be, like, blasting it out in the classroom in the morning, and it's kind of... I don't want to turn it, I want to get the song finished. Uh, <laughs> so it's really hard to press stop, which uh, I think t- is a testament for how much I love this album. Um, and it's probably not easily, but uh, fairly easily my number one of the year. I've just, I've listened to it loads. I've completely loved it every time I've listened to it. You have to listen to it loud. Um, I always have my, 
I screw the fact I've got tinnitus and put my headphones on max volume whenever I listen to this, uh, and it's worth it every time. It's just, yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And, and not a genre that, you know, prog rock... I've, I've listened to prog rock in the past, but it's not a genre I've been listening to much recently, and it, it pretty much single-handedly uh, led to the, me buying an electronic drum kit because I was like, I need to do some drumming <laughs> because I just enjoyed uh, the drumming of on this album, which isn't technically brilliant or anything in terms of, you know, he's not doing amazing rudiments or anything that's technically really difficult to pull off, but he is, except for the time signatures, there's some crazy time signatures in there which are very hard, but he's just got a great feel to it. He's just smashing the hell out of them. It's quite Dave Grohl-esque in that sense. Um, and, yeah, I just absolutely love this album. It's fantastic and came, again, completely out of the blue thanks to Rate Your Music, so another shout-out to that website because <laughs> I think it was in there. Somewhere it was, like, it was pretty high up on their list and it hadn't really been mentioned by any... And that's, that's those are the things that always intrigue me when... You know, something's been rated really highly by users, but it doesn't seem to have been reviewed by any by many outlets. Um, and that was the case with this. And, yeah, I absolutely loved it. It's fantastic, and it needs to get more... It's been reviewed by Stick Around, though. It's been reviewed by Stick yeah. Around, yeah. I mean, like, you know, the only critics who count, you know. We're a big deal. Yeah. We're such a big deal that we've just been added to um, some sort of thing. I've just got a, a Twitter. I yeah, I saw that. Got yeah, I got that. Yeah. Been added to Podknife, whatever that is. So get on that, give us a review. <laughs> we love it. It's, they've, we put, they've, they've put our frequency as a uh, bi-weekly, which <laughs> is interesting. A spurious at best. Well, we're almost I mean, happy does that mean every two weeks? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's incorrect, but we do we do have some weeks off. A missed yeah. opportunity to use the word fortnightly as well. I know. What the? I mean, bi-weekly. Does bi-weekly mean twice a week or once every two weeks? It means once every two weeks. Yeah, I think. What's yeah. what's twice a week? Um, twice, twice weekly. A week. Twice weekly. Yeah, that's Tweakly. Yes, <laughs> yes. Right, call it. <laughs> um, right, okay. So before we go, so I've written down everyone's kind of number ones and number twos, and obviously the war on drugs, because I think that has to be on the list. Cause it's all, all, you... Before we do that, can I just add one clarification that I forgot to mention? Forgot to yeah, say, yeah, I forgot to say that on his album, obviously I mentioned that Arca sings for the first time. He does so purely in Spanish, which I think the fact that it feels so... so um, so powerful makes it even more interesting when I don't actually understand the lyrics. So just wanted to yeah, say that. Yeah, definitely. That's it. That's a very good point. Forgot to mention. Al, it. did you have did you have an analogy you wanted to use for on Clive? Yeah, um, I, I, I did. I did. Or, or Neo Wax Blue. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, like... <laughs> let's say Elder uh, Reflections of a Floating World. Um, <laughs> would you say, Clive, that you know Elder's uh, album Reflections? <laughs> <laughs> a broken wo- a floating world is somewhat similar um, to the 1991 album Music for the People by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> um, I mean, conceptually, practically identical. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm surprised he hasn't. I'm surprised he hasn't got on them for plagiarism. To be honest, because I mean, yeah, I mean, you, he's you quite could... clearly just listened to it and gone, "I like this." <laughs> massively, like der- massively derivative. I mean. Yeah, so actually, now that you mentioned that, I'm thinking of just dropping it <laughs> off the list. Wow, yes. Yeah. It is basically the same as that. Well, right, so we what's your new number one? And people say I know nothing about music. Uh, <laughs> I've just realised that you said, you mentioned you were a big fan of Migos lyrically, didn't you? And I went off on a tangent, sort of clarifying that at length when you were just trying <laughs> to set up a PG and Duncan joke, so... Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry about that. Sorry. And I was just completely unaware that it was a joke at first. <laughs> I hadn't experienced it before. If anything, well, Mike, yeah. if anything, Michael added to the timing. I was pleased. Oh, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Uh, right. So, so we've got. Is there, is there anything on anyone's list to, where they're thinking? Oh, that was you know. Would have been on my top ten. It's not in my top five, but it would have been on my what? top ten out of everyone's. Oh. Live on here that we think we need to throw in to get some more crossover. I can only go on um, things that I really wanted to hear and never did. Um, which okay. of, of the of the five four three ones, Mount Erie is the one that jumps out. Right. Okay. That's all I've really got. Well, I, I'm I'm a big fan of the, of the Elder album as well, and also the Emperor X album, and also. Um, okay, so we can throw Emperor X on them. Obviously, Elder's going to be on there anyway. Yeah, good one. point. Ken, I, I I do like Kendrick Lamar's Damn, and I do realise that that's a very important album. Yeah, well, that, so that'll, that'll definitely be on there. Yeah, 
So essentially, we've Obviously got four. Like, we've got four albums. We just need to decide on the fifth one. Yeah, because I think. Yeah, I don't know what I think. We think I'm thinking War on Drugs, Deeper Understanding should probably be number one. Because I think this is probably the first time uh, all four, all three of us have had an album in our top five. Yeah, I think <laughs> Possibly, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I don't know if anyone agrees, though. Yeah, I think it has I, to I be, I think really. so. The only collective one on this list, really. So, <laughs> And it is I mean, in each of our was, top five. I think it was it both is. of our top listened album, was it? Yeah. So. And one of Michael's as well. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's do that there. Um, it's going to be really hard to order the, the the next three because of the fact. I think maybe Damn should be next purely because uh, Cable's a big fan of it as well. Michael's got it as number one. I've mm-hmm. listened to it. <laughs> I have it, and I, I, I like I liked it as well, even though I wouldn't put it anywhere near my top five. But I would feel comfortable with it being number two. As the only album that I've listened to on the list as well, I can put my yeah two cents behind it as well. So I th- yeah, I think it makes sense that that would be number two. Okay, let's go with that. And then, so hang on—is this all of our number ones and then two extra ones? One well, extra it's all, one. at the minute we're just ordering our number ones, and I thought we could put an extra one at number five, which we'll have to decide in a minute, which will be interesting. Maybe we should just pull it out of a hat. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so now we've got to decide what order Wolf Alice and Elder go in. Um, now, essentially, I it's suppose, a straight, straight fight between you and Cable. In theory, Elder goes higher just because of the fact Cable also oh, likes yeah, it. Yeah, I also. It is, but, I also. Yeah, it is really good. That but, would clearly be. Neither just, of you have actually listened to an Wolf Alice album, so. Yeah, and I think but, if I did listen to it, I would have really liked it as well. So, but I guess purely, purely on that, it makes sense to put it. Yeah, fair enough. At three, and then at Will Fallis at four. Ah! <laughs> so I'm struggling with my Google Doc here. Um, not that this really matters because no one else can see it. Yeah, <laughs> I like to be uh, particular, which means uh, we've just got one more to get out of Enter Shakiri, Igloo Ghost, Migos, or Emperor X, which I haven't put on there yet. Oh God! Uh, this is going to be hard again because no. Maybe one... we should let Al pick based on how <laughs> how uh, thought our reviews went. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. not a terrible idea. Um, okay, so I'm pick- I'm picking. So I'll throw Emperor X on there, really. Uh, but I'm, shouldn't I'm... it be um, shouldn't it be Emperor X because you two both like it and and Alex also thinks it's the best named album of the year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good logic. Good logic. <laughs> okay. Let's go with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. Um, okay, right. Well, that was a very quick. Uh, what is going on with your list, though? It's not right. Have I fucked I it? I thought Elder was above Wolf Alice. Yeah, I fucked it, haven't I? <laughs> uh, yeah, not that right. anyone can see it, and it really matters at this stage. Um, well, I'm just trying to trip Al up when he has to read it. Oh, okay. okay, it's okay. I'm, I'm a pro. <laughs> I can I can deal with this. Um... <laughs> Which language are we going to read? Five, four, three, two, one. So that, I think the rest then. They... I didn't say I didn't say one in Japanese. No, you didn't. You fucked it again. Well done. Oh, Itchy. <laughs> Oh, well remembered. Um, so those three there are honourable mentions then, I think, and then that's our top five. That's the wrong order, oh. though. It's okay, well, it's okay. I, I got this, right I got order. this, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in honourable mentions, Michael Johnson's number two, Culture by Migos. Um, oh, me- Migos. Oh, Migos. Was that Migos? No, it's what I've, <laughs> well, it's all I prefer the Alan Partridge Migos. <laughs> you said you'd got it. <laughs> well, the honourable mentions you know. are all of our number twos, I've just noticed. Yeah, they are. Well, you think that was bad for pronunciation. Um, also, <laughs> Clive's number two, uh, Igloo Ghost, um, with Neo Wax Bloom. Or oh, was that actually right? Yeah. yeah no, that was actually right. <laughs> okay. Well and now, can you please um, reenact the entire album with your mouth? <laughs> well, that, that might be difficult. Uh, <laughs> or actually, maybe I should be deliberately reading these wrong. Um... <laughs> No, you enter can't really Shak- read. <laughs> enter Shakira. Yeah. <laughs> that is what I think of every time. Boom. Well, that and, Sha- that and Shakiri, the Swiss footballer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> enter Shakiri, the, the spark. The lie. <laughs> uh, moving on to the top five, we have Emperor X with Obersleepers International, excellently named. Number five. And in at number four, we have Wolf Number Number With Visions of a Life. And... At number three, we have Elder with Visions of a Floating World. A lot of visions on this list. Yeah, I've just noticed that. That's weird, isn't it? Um, <laughs> well, above that, it says Reflections of a Floating World. Which one's right? Oh, um, possibly that's why. Right, yeah. Carried away. 
I've got carried away and named my number one album wrong. Was that that another test for me? (laughs) You failed. Yeah. Well, not only did you fail, you you brought it up. You were like, "Oh, there's lots of visions on this list." (laughs) In at number two, we have Kendrick Lamar with "Damn." And at number one, the consensus number one, and an album I've just downloaded based on uh, all your recommendations, The War on Legally, Drugs. Legally, I hope. Uh, yeah, on Apple Music, actually. Um, right. A deeper <laughs> understanding. All the streaming services are available. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they certainly are. I feel like that was the most uh, most interrupted rundown of a top five list ever. <laughs> tell you, um, when we talk about streaming services, one that gets on my wick is Tidal. Is anyone else pissed <laughs> off by Tidal? Yeah. I just. I mean, I've never used it, but the I just, whole idea I hate the, of it. I hate the fact they've got exclusives, and just think, fuck you. You know, I don't want to just buy your services. They all do, though, don't they? Do they? Have exclu- I don't know. I don't Apple know. Music does. Yeah, there is. There is. There's been a few albums where it's been like, oh, oh I, I really want to listen to it, and it's on Tidal, and I'm like, no, I'm not buying Tidal. Sorry, Jay Z, or whoever's in charge of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. not having it. Anyway, uh, so would would you all say it was a good year for music? Mediocre, yeah. bad. Um, absolute shite, to be honest. It's been really hard to pick a top five just because of how shit everything was. <laughs> I mean, I've listened to 80 albums and I was just like, ugh, is there any of these that are even remotely memorable? Each and every one of them. Ch- <laughs> Each one more of a chore than, than the last. Um, yeah, do we have to do it again this year? <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't actually like music that much. <laughs> yeah. Can we just scrap this podcast? No, I feel like it's been... I don't think it's been amazing for me personally because uh, I've I've been listening to a lot of older stuff this year as well and most of my favourite albums that I've listened to this year have been or discoveries this year have been older albums but I suppose that's always going to happen because you listen to classics that have stood the test of time and they're probably going to be uh, more impactful than something coming out this year but yeah I mean the, the top five there I really really like but I think I've had stronger top fives in other years that have you know impacted me more or that I've resonated more with so I think it has been a strong year, but not as strong as games and film would be my. I think it's been really good. I honestly don't remember a year in music I thought was any weaker than another. I mean, you get standout years. Last year, yeah. I remember there was a lot more ten out of ten albums for me. But um, I, I love every, I every year when it comes to music, basically. Mm. There always there's just so much to listen to, isn't there? So yeah, it kind of depends thing, what yeah. you've listened to. Like, I think 2018's been shit so far. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Based on these first two weeks, we're not in for a good one. <laughs> what was the best uh, off the top of your head? What was the best classic album you discovered, Clive? Uh, well, st- probably Station to Station, David Bowie, or um, B Thousand. I don't know whether that counts as a classic album. Oh yeah, that'd count. It. Yeah, it's pretty old now. Uh, yeah, those, those those are my two faves. Cool. Just one. But the, the, there was loads, quite a lot of Bowie stuff, to be honest. I got got well into Bowie. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, I believe we need to call wrap that one up, then. Um, wrap it up? Can you do a rap to wrap it up, Al? Uh, <laughs> you're pushing no. me there. Um, Is that my DNA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's I just got, go with I that. Got, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't you rapping, though, was it? Well, yeah, I mean... Let's just end this here. I mean, we're not all Marky Mark, you know. We can't be, uh, can't be pushing this. Um, right, I believe it's about time that we make a very, very overused and now utterly unfunny joke in relation to various ways of promoting the podcast. Oh, um, you mean our boat sinking, and we need something to fill, yeah, it, fill boats, in the hole boat in sinking. which the water's coming through. Oh, I found out a battery. I need to uh... plug time it in. <laughs> <laughs> great because it didn't work um, at stickaroundcast on twitter stickaroundpodcast.com on the internet which uh, now has two articles written by me so you know really well written <laughs> blow your socks off my top 10 games and my top 10 music my top 10 films is just about to be added and then I'll start writing things that doesn't involve lists uh, prepare yourselves for that um, hopefully other Stick around as we'll be adding their articles to that as well soon. They will. So they will. Yeah, I'm get on there. Uh, doing my top ten albums, I reckon. Um, awesome. I'm excited for that. So it's you know this is the 2018 is the year of stick around domination. <laughs> yep. Where we're, we're going to take over the internet and just buy up every company because you know <laughs> why why have any competition? Pointless. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so we're also on 
stickaroundpodcast at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. If you want to send us your top five list, we do bloody love lists, as you might have noticed, so uh, we'll read yours out if you send us it. You can also just do the old instant, whatever it's called, on Twitter where you don't... I think we should do a top five list of stickaround presenters. Well, I think that could get very heated. So yeah, we probably should. Maybe that should, maybe that should be our hundred episode special. Yeah, just you know, the, the, the one you know, if it was a friends episode, it would be the one where we all fall out. Um, I don't think I've ever presented one. That's my ambition for 2018 to present one. All right, okay. You, you, you know what, Michael? Then why don't you come on the TV shows top five and present it? Well, I, meant, right. I didn't mean. I meant specialists or like. Reviewers. Yes, because then we can have me and Michael who know, and have, don't have a fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> Although, Michael probably knows a little bit more than me. What? I mean, I've watched... What, for TV? Yeah. I reckon I could still do a... I could do an end-of-year one, yeah. I watched some Pokemon. Anyway, I was supposed to be doing plug time, God's sake. <laughs> Slash... T- Stick around on Instagram if you like looking at square photos and you don't like rectangular ones. Although, they've added that in now. So that point's invalid. Um, <laughs> what else have we got? Stuff Patreon slash stick around. You can throw some money our way. It helps run the website costs, which is currently nine pound thirty a month, which keeps going up. I don't know if Trump's to blame, but I think he is. He must be. He's absolutely to blame. Um, you hurry up, please. I need to go soon. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're the reason this plug time slowed down. It would have been an absolutely fluid machine if it wasn't for your constant interrupting. It's like Al trying to get through his top five. Jesus Christ. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, there's other stuff out there. Just type stick around into Google. You get pages of it. Pages of it. <laughs> and you might get, you know, a picture of Arnie I think, throwing I think a they knife. get a picture. Wee. <laughs> um, that's it. So we're back next with TV shows. Last top five episodes of yeah. the year. And then we'll go on to new stuff. Before we start talking about stuff coming in 2018, which is yeah. going to be the best year of our lives Weren't yet. we still doing the top fives into February last year? Yeah, we, no. we, 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 I'm sure we <laughs> We've streamlined the process now, so <laughs> this time we're going to be doing it into just about the end of January. Efficient. Which makes more sense, to be fair, than most publications which do their top five In films December. of 2017 on the 10th of December. It does make more like, sense, um, yeah. I hate that. Um, hello, mate. What? So the the ones coming out 20 days after, I've got no hope of ever getting on any list. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, it really annoys me so yeah we're, we're better than them um, yeah stick around we'll see you next time Al you're supposed to be hosting well wanna, yeah yeah okay well, take know, this train I'll, home I'll, I'll do my job back then yeah uh, okay yeah come back next time uh, what he said basically uh, for TV shows top five uh, Michael Johnson will be your host you heard yeah. it here first that's a verbal contract yeah uh, um, yeah adios thank you very much for listening and remember to stick around. Konnichiwa! Stick around. I should have got my penguin from the fridge. He speaks Japanese. Um. Thank you all for listening. Rest assured that you have found the best podcast in the universe. It's Stick Around. For me, Michael, in the TV episode podcast, can you please uh, compare every TV episode to like a really, you know, something that a layman might have watched? Yeah, so that I know what everyone's talking about. <laughs> no pressure. You know, no pressure. Things like Friends. <laughs> oh, layman's watch Friends. Yeah, only fools and horses. Incredible <laughs> <laughs> shows. What are you about? I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying that most people have watched them. Yeah, the way the way you said that, Clive, there was you know you know something like Friends or Only Fools and Horses. It sounded like um, <laughs> sounded like a mum who'd never seen something <laughs> describing something. Yeah. Well, thanks. I need to uh... plug time it in. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>